0: good evening we'll come here at the last chapter in the book of Genesis chapter 50 and we're going to talk about the last patriarch uh, Joseph and this book about theme here is forgive forgiveness and we're going to continue here in verse 1 it says and Joseph fell upon his, face, in his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. Now, this is a continuation of the blessings. After the blessings in Genesis chapter 49, Israel died. And here you see that Joseph now is the last uh, patriarch here and he's now you know in charge of the whole thing because the blessings has been passed down from jacob to joseph and here joseph mourns for his father because this man loved his father and he commanded to embalm him and here the physically it's a physical way of mummification to Placed myrrh on people, and then with the linen cloths to embalm to prepare for burial, and those embalm are mostly Egyptians. And here it says in verse three, it says, "And forty days we are fulfilled for him, for so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed, and Egyptians mourn for him three score." And ten days. Now, here you have 40 days of mourning that is taking place here in Egypt. And it says in verse 4 it says, And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake on unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, my father made me swear saying lo i die in my grave which i have digged for me in the land of canaan there thou shalt bury me now therefore let me go up i pray thee and bury my father and i'll come again and joseph asked pharaoh's people to ask pharaoh for permission to bury his father and to bury him in canaan of course because this is the oath that jacob placed on his son to do to take him in the end meanwhile joseph here is explaining his deep concern to pharaoh about the oath that he took with his father and as also the oath as is as stated in genesis chapter 47 verse 29 it says and the time drew nigh that israel must die now Israel called Joseph his son, and then he said, "Put your hand underneath my tie, which is like a, a way of swearing an oath. The custom, just like putting someone's uh, hand on top of their head, and then he says, "Sworn oath, and to bury me in Canaan, in my father, where my fathers are, Abraham and Isaac." Now Joseph is bound by this oath you see he's bound by these oaths and it's important to realize that an oath is a very serious thing in those days and almost like a contract today and in verse 6 and says and pharaoh said go up and bury thy father according to as he made you swear and you see pharaoh now agrees here and according he says go as according to as he made you swear and pharaoh now honors joseph's request and he says in verse 7 and joseph went up to bury his father and with him went up all the servants of pharaoh the elders of his house and all the elders of the land of egypt and notice sensing the importance of Joseph in Egypt here, and yeah, you see the servants of Pharaoh, and you see the servants, the elders of, of Pharaoh's house, and important members of Pharaoh's household, all the elders and all the counselors in Egypt, and Joseph, in Joseph's latter years, he became very influential. And these men are now gathering to pay uh, respect to his father, Jacob. And again, the Egyptians respected and honored Joseph and to bury him, his father, in this manner. And on the contrary, there's going to be years down the line, a a Pharaoh that's going to rose up that does not know what joseph has done for the egyptians you see so sometimes when we neglect uh neglect history we don't know what happened and we forgot to pay respect to those who did great things and this what that's what this pharaoh is gonna do he's gonna neglect everything joseph has done but here you see these people are paying homage and respect to joseph and because he saved their life he saved their uh, dignity and this is why these people are paying so much respect to him and then he says in verse 8 he says and all the house of joseph and his brethren and his father's house only their little ones and their flocks and their herds there left in the land of goshen and there went up with him, both chariots and horsemen, and he was a great company. And here you see the house of Joseph, his brothers, and Jacob's house, and with attention to the chariots and the horsemen. You see, these were riders used as royalty, and these were for important and prominent people of Egypt and he says that this was a great company again in the event that is like a parade it's like a parade kind of uh event and also he said the younger children of israel were left behind in, at goshen because it signifies that they are coming back and then in verse 10 he says and they came to the threshing flood at atad which is beyond jordan and there they mourn with a great and very sore lamentation and he made a mourning for his father seven days now continuing mourning is here is different from the the previous in Egypt the, the previous 40 days they they mourned this is also this is like a continuing mourning and a lamentation on the threshing floor of Atad and this is uh, for seven days and again this was an extension by of morning this is an extension of morning by professional usually professional mourners and called the myrologists you see these people are used in originally in egypt and also in the far eastern uh far eastern cultures for extension of morning this for morning throughout it's an extension period of mourning they will use um, my to mourn and they will pay them and this is basically these are the people that were coming here and this is also like is this is an Egyptian culture it says in verse 11 as says and when the inhabitants of the land the Canaanites saw the mourning in the floor of Ata, they said this is a grievous morning to the Egyptians. Wherefore, the name of it was called Abel Abel Mizraim, which is beyond Jordan. This is, this is Abel Mizraim. Uh, this is the inhabitants, they heard this commotion. And this was quite a grievous morning. This was a lot of cry going on, and this can be heard by, by miles. By the canaanites and again these uh, myrologists can be heard for miles these were screaming people they were crying and weeping it was a grievous cry that prompted the canaanites to call the place abel Mizraim. see and that means it's a meadow of egypt again this was an egyptian culture that came in canaanites and they can see how these people value the dead and the the cries they were crying and to point out that this was again it's an Egyptian culture used to extend the periods of uh, the mourning periods and uh, moving on it says in verse 12 it says and his sons did unto him according as he commanded them now these are the 12 tribes 12 tribes of Israel the 12 children of um well the 12 uh, sons of Jacob it says for for his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah which Abraham bought with the field of a possession of of a burying place of Ephron the Hittite before Mamre now furthermore Jacob's sons they did as their father commanded them and they carried him, him to the land of canaan and in the land of canaan they, they took him to this place called the cave of machpelah where they have the fathers lay, lay down which is uh abraham and isaac had you know passed on and they they lay in that tr- tomb and this were at memory this is where the the burial place of jacob is going to be and then in verse 14 it says and joseph returned into egypt he and his brethren and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father now they returned back joseph returned to egypt with his brethren and this was after they have buried their father and here in verse 15 it says and when joseph's brother saw that their father is dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all that the evil which which we did to him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before dying, saying, Now, unlike before, uh, when their father was alive, they felt a bit secure. And they now they're saying, Now, what will happen? you know what's, what's going to happen next and when their father Jacob now is dead and it is now in question what was going to happen their security blanket is no more and the brothers were feeling a bit unstable here and filled with guilty and fearfulness here and then of the past And also the future you know they don't know what's gonna transpire you know they are worrisome for the future so they send a message a messenger to Joseph and the message of forgiveness here is going to be seen and you see you know what's gonna happen now and what's gonna happen when when my father is dead what's gonna happen so here they send a message to to joseph for forgiveness what my father has written and here sees in verse 17 it says so shall ye say unto joseph forgive i pray thee now the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did unto thee evil and now we pray thee forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father, and Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Now, this is a message of forgiveness about you know what has happened to Joseph, what their brothers have did to him, and this is a forgiveness of Jacob, and also asking his son joseph to forgive again furthermore the truth is also revealed by what they did you see to joseph by jacob and then you see they did evil he says they you, you evil is not excusing the atrocious deeds here and evil is to be called out before again but also forgiven he says forgive the trespass of the servants of the god the servants of of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when he read the message. You see, and this is a powerful message. And Joseph never told his father what happened, but Jacob found out. And now he says, Forgive it, please his son to forgive them. Forgive your brothers for the evil they did to you. And again, in verse 18, it says, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? You see, the brethren now came before they sent the messenger. Now they came and they fell before his face. And he said, We be your servants. And Joseph said, fear not, I am not in the place of God. See, am I in the place of God? And Joseph had awareness and respect for God and gives, you know, him, you know, humility. He has humility also. And verse 20 says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much alive. He says, But our you? As for you, he's not excusing the atrocity. He says, As for you, you meant it for evil. But God, you see, thought it for good. And God is purposeful. Jo- Joseph is also purposeful. And, you know, it's a God meant it for good. You see, good is what God does. And again, it says, To save much lives say God is the one that overrules evil you know God can either allow evil or he can overrule it and at times God will let evil run its course but sometimes you know he will prevent it but evil is done unto Joseph, and this evil was for the purpose of good again you know Joseph here is that example of Christ. Christ, uh, evil was done to Christ for the purpose of good. You see, to save lost sinners, and this was, uh, you know, quite a, a parallel between Christ and Joseph here. And it says, you know, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring to pass as as it is this day to save much people alive. See, this is a parallel. Christ is also uh, crucified on a cross. Evil was done to him for the for the save to save sinners. He says, but now therefore continuing on in verse twenty one, now therefore fear not. I will nourish you and you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them again joseph said you know he repaid them back with goodness and evil can always be repaid back with goodness and not evil for evil you see we're not to show evil for evil is to be repaid back with goodness and he says i will nourish you and your little ones and he comforted them and spake kindly to them you see he did not have any animosity towards them And this was complete forgiveness. And this is the right forgiveness to to forgive and forget. And he doesn't have any animosity towards them. And it says in verse 22, and Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation and the children also Maki, the son of manasseh were brought up upon joseph's knees now joseph dwelt in egypt and he and his father's house and then he lived for 110 years again you see the, the how in the beginning man used to live over almost a thousand years but here you see how because of sin man now lives 110 years and Joseph is is ending we're ending this chapter by Joseph's lifespan that is shorter for 110 years again he's the you see the shortest life lifespan here and you know but he saw Ephraim this man lived a full full life he saw Ephraim's children of the third generation and the children of maki the son of Manasseh we have brought up upon Joseph's knees. And then in verse 27, uh, excuse me, verse 24, it says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out this land unto the land which he swear, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And he says that Joseph, you know, he said to his brethren, and these are Israelites now. He's speaking to a nation now, which, you know, came by one individual, Abraham. And now they are turned into multitudes now. And, uh, these are the children of Israel that are in Egypt. He says, he comforted them. He says, now before I die, you know, God will surely visit you. And he says, you will bring you to the land he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now this is the promise. This is the promise that they are going to take for 400 years now, over 400 years. Although they are out of the land of Cana uh, of the of Canaan, excuse me, but now they are in Egypt, holding on to this promise. And Joseph, you know, he says in verse 25, and Joseph spoke excuse me joseph took an oath of the children of israel saying god will surely visit you and he shall carry up my bones from tents you know just like his father's oath you know he took an oath of the children of israel now and this is oath that is bound again he told the israelites that god will surely visit you and this is a prophecy of Joseph, and it literally was fulfilled in the, in the time of Moses. And he said, to carry my bones out of Egypt and back to the land. You say interesting, Joseph, you know, he, he yearned to go back to the land of Canaan, but he never did. You know, when he was a young man, he, he was trying to get out of prison to go back to the land of Canaan and he never did, but his bones is going to stay in Canaan for over, four, over 400 years now. And he says that the prophecy is that you are to bury my bones in Canaan. And again, it took a long time, but eventually it was fulfilled. In verse 26, he says, so Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. You see, they embalmed him. And this is an Egyptian burial. They embal- embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. And he died, it says, for 110 years he lived. And he was put in a coffin. So, precious saints, uh, we have finished the entire book of Genesis. And I am so, you know, pleased with you following me throughout this uh, journey and we are going to the next book we are going to go to is the book of matthew we're going to go back to the old uh, new testament and until then precious saints god bless